Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. It's the garage guys NASCAR podcast. The recap of the rained out Quaker state 400 presented by Walmart. We'll be on this episode, and we are going to dive in to take a look at some of the earliest odds available for the 2023 Crayon 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, Got a lot of stuff to unpack from this weekend, and we're going to go ahead and get that started right now. Uh, Dale, have you recuperated from, uh, are you still having negative feelings towards the sky the rains that came down. I know. Oh, I, I mean, we we all have negative feelings towards Mother Nature, right? But I'm over the. Yeah, I mean, I'm over it from from a point of being angry at NASCAR and being angry just about the way the race ended. You know, I mean, I think it was pretty upsetting for just about anybody and everybody. But I do want to dig into that for sure yeah. to rationalize it um because there's a lot of yelling during the playback stream it was it was so intense it was dramatic it was fun but it it ended angrily you know so yeah i want to dive into that at some point we were definitely uh i mean you're you and tony on playback are the only two so far that have ever like uh like rage exited i will say that's a good term for it and it's totally understandable you know why so i mean not only was it one of the best races that we've seen this year um it also was so close to being a a a big payout uh, i guess you would say or at least we wanted a chance for it to be a big payout so and that's a lot of the uh the the views of the public feel the same way i had a lot of voicemails calling in a lot of uh brad k sorrow and um and and i felt it myself it's tough and i i mean i still had a big payout like i had one of my I think it's my best cup betting day in a month, maybe two months. I mean, it's been a tough year. If you follow me, you know it's been difficult on the betting side. But you know, I, I had a I had a good day. You know, a good uh, overall, a good weekend. But the frustration doesn't lie. Like, yes, I'm upset because my bets were, I think, spot on with Brad Blaney, Cendric, Justin Haley up there. I mean, those guys especially Brad Blaney Cindric, those guys were running the fucking show for like the entire second stage. You know, I, I felt great about that, but not just from a betting standpoint, because like I said, I won. Um, But from a standpoint of, like you said, it was one of the greatest races we'd seen all year. And you just knew what was going to happen, right? You just knew what NASCAR was going to do as soon as a fucking single raindrop hit the ground. And that is where most of my frustration lies with how it was handled and and more. 
um, just just straight up referring to the state of the sport and the state of how we we're officiating these kind of shitty situations. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, it would probably be a good time to to go ahead and just get straight into it then uh, with the Quaker State 400. You know, coming up, we had a, it was a Sunday night race under the lights. We were excited about it. And apparently earlier in the day, just to clear up some facts, I did see where the weather report was not really showing rain. It was showing clouds. So there is one common misconception because I've, I've heard a lot of people, you know, talking about like they, they should just move the race up. Well, you know, if you do think that it's going to rain or if you know for 100 percent it's going to rain, then, yeah, that could be something. But then logistics and everything else gets in the way. But we were just in a situation where we were just really asking for like five more laps, you know, and they could have easily done that. You know, we, we could have went until the raindrops hit the ground, but the caution stayed out. And I think that's where the frustration lies. And in, in just about everyone, I know that's where it came from with me is that we could have definitely done that. Now on the counter, you know, Bob Hawkers came out and was trying to explain to people why this is an issue. And apparently the, uh, the, the Daytona, not the Daytona 500, the, uh, the summer race at Daytona uh, came up in conversation about when all the drivers went into uh, turn one and just like, just, it was just slaughterhouse of wrecks. The one that Austin Dillon won when you were on the way back home. And, um, and, and so I see there where, where they're coming from with that. And I understand that, but yeah, I don't know. Like just as long as the rain wasn't on the track was the problem. Right. And that's where I see it from. I don't know how, how you see it or now or if you agree with me or disagree with me on that, but I just feel like that was really what the frustration was is we could have gotten a few more laps in that he could have finished under, you know, it would have finished under the situation it did with the red flag or whatever else, but could have had a little more race in there. And maybe that's just yeah. betting on people. You know, maybe well, that's just because of our bets. Look, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first person to acknowledge when Brad was first, Blaney was second, Cendric was third. Because I had a Cendric top five ticket to go with, you know, my my to win tickets on Brad and Blaney and Cendric. If you were watching the playback stream, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there screaming for rain to come. Mm-hmm. I'm totally cool. Be- and, and, but here's the whole deal behind that is like I kind of said earlier, I knew as soon as a, a, a raindrop hit the track, NASCAR was going to make zero effort to try to get this race in. Because of the of a precedent they set earlier this season, and it's been God, it's been frustrating. Like you know, I think they handled Chicago decently well with the Cup race. I think the Xfinity race, what happened there, kind of horse shit. You know, we they they make a judgment call to to end it earlier than the halfway point, which shocked everybody, rightfully so. But in this case. We were, I mean, we were talking about it in the stream, and Greg was in there too. And we, we knew, like, as soon as rain hit the track, they just were not, they just were not going to try to get this race back going. And I hoped that I was, I would be wrong there, and um, our our gut feelings were correct because we had like a two and a half second red flag, and then they they called it, which drives me through the fucking roof. And I, I've been tweeting about this and sparking some conversation on Twitter, but to get to the first point about it's a thing I tweeted about too. And you just covered it about how we just danced around under caution for just extra time when we could have gone green earlier and and may have had a five to 10 lap shootout before there was actual rain. And 
I, I was thinking about Denny Hamlin's podcast, which I haven't listened to in months, but I see some TikTok clips from them sometimes that pop up on my For You page. And today, of course, a clip talking about that exact situation from Denny popped up into my feed, and I was like, okay, yeah, I need to watch this. I need to watch this because I want to know his opinion on this because obviously he's behind the wheel and I'm sitting on the fucking couch at home. And he said kind of what we were saying. He was like, what are we doing? Why are we just sitting here under caution? And uh, his crew chief came on the radio and said, hey, we're getting reports of some raindrops. You know, all right, what, what are you seeing out there? And Denny was like, man, I didn't even notice it till you said that. That's how light that drizzle was that they were talking about. That drizzle was so light, Denny Hamlin didn't even notice it until his crew chief brought it up. Yeah. We could have gone green. We could have gone green. And I get the Daytona deal, right? The Daytona deal was a bad look, right? And NASCAR did a makeup call by not postponing that race or ending that race because that one was past halfway too when those rains came. But they wanted to make up for the fucking massive wreck that they caused. So they got it back going, what, four hours later, whatever it was. But in this situation, the rain was not there yet. And this is exactly what Denny said in his podcast. He said they knew that before like a heavy downpour was going to get there, like Daytona in July or August, it wasn't just a drizzle that started, right? It was a full-on heavy shower that hit the track immediately. In this case, he said they knew it was going to be a drizzle and then it was going to be rain, right? So it was unlikely for a Daytona type of situation to happen here. And I, I get the safety deal because that was such a massive fuck up by NASCAR in August. But it's it's a terrible precedent to be scared to go racing, to, to sit and, and run laps in a parade fashion because you're scared, because you're fearful of a situation. That is an awful precedent for the world premier stock car racing series, in my opinion. Terrible precedent. You cannot be scared of having something like that happen, right? It's just a fear precedent. I, I can't stand that. And that that's where I think we all are not everybody, but I think a lot of us agree there. I'm going to side with Denny Hamlin on this, especially because he's behind the wheel of the race car, right? Now, William Byron, Michael McCheese Dick, who did a great strategy call and ran it out on fuel to get a top five, those guys are saying, oh, it's pouring, it's pouring, it's pouring, because they're leading, right? They're going to get good finishes. So they're going to say the opposite of what Denny said, who who had just spun, I think, and was in like 18th. But, you know, it's just disappointing. You know, it's disappointing that we handled it that way and we're using a prior situation um, to be fearful of going racing that that's what really bothers me on, on that regard yeah you know when you're a race car driver the first thing that pops in anyone's mind that's not a race car driver is oh yeah they that they probably like to live a little dangerously they're on the edge like something is ticking a little bit faster in their mind you don't want to be put in that situation where you're the guy that's like trying to find your your you know your shin guards while you're out there and and nobody's really aiming to kick you in the legs so it's uh completely different than daytona and another thing that it brings up to and i feel like i need i'm gonna clear it up here i cleared it up on the report and it cleared up here is just saying that everybody was like well they got these rain tires it's like the, that would suck so bad 
Like, even if it was downpour raining. But, like, in this situation, with that light of a drizzle, it probably could have worked. I'll be real. Like, with that light of a drizzle, it probably could have worked. Now, if it's raining like it did in that first turn at Daytona, no. That's not what you want. You don't want to be in that spot. I mean, it's just rain tires, racing in rain kind of produces shitty results as it is. Wait, um, but I... Road course, and, I, and I'm going to say that because when you're on a road course, it's fine. But with the light drizzle that it was, it wouldn't even matter if the slicks were on the on the vehicles. Like, it, it would have been fine. They would have been able to get the few laps in before the storm and the lightning or whatever else came down. I don't think they had rain tires there because this isn't a package that... No, I'm just allowed. saying people are asking about it. They're like, they got rain tires. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, like, let, let's, Oh, I see. Well, got yeah, you, got you. Yeah. Let's clear it up. But if they did, you know, if they did. But still, like, nobody wants to get to that point. It's just, look. For me, what it really roots down to, and I think for a lot of people, especially the people I've heard from, it just kind of roots down to the the pain of of Brad Kay just getting so close to getting something done and then it not happening. Look, he's got more opportunities, and that's the beauty of it. We're about to approach a track where he qualified inside the top ten last year with this car. So, you know, all things can point up to to higher ground. The one thing that not as many people are talking about because of the frustration is the fact that because of how this all played out, the strategy worked for William Byron. He got his fourth win of the season, really just kind of like pushing the numbers up there for him heading into the playoff race. And it just makes those uh, William Byron championship future tickets look, look a little bit uh, shinier, look a little bit better to have in your portfolio. And, uh, and so I think that that is something really cool. There was some records that were broken as well. Um, and, and I don't, don't quote me on the amount of records because I'm not going to give you anything to quote. I just saw that some were broken and I don't remember them off the top of my head, but apparently there's a certain amount of wins for the 24 car that was hit between like Gordon and Byron. I don't know if you saw that or not. No, but this yeah. isn't about this to me. This isn't about betting. Like, yeah, it, of course, like if Brad K is the leader when the race is called, I'm going to celebrate like a motherfucker. Cause I, instead of winning $600, you know, I'm winning two thousand or twenty one hundred dollars. If JJ Ailey gets a top ten and Brad K wins, wrong. there's two I'm sides like, of it. There's definitely two sides of it. But I'm just saying, for the most of the people I've heard from, it's more the emotional aspect because of their bets that were on the race. And but not, that's not the majority of people. Of, that's just our community. Exactly. Just, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The people I've heard from. So my point here is, or one of many points, I should say. Is if Brad K, if Brad K wins this race or whatever, and it's you know a huge best betting day of the year. If Justin Haley wins, oh my god! I mean, it's like unbelievably massive. I, I'm gonna celebrate. I'm gonna be happy about. It, I'm gonna be excited. But I'm gonna come on this podcast and say the, the same thing. Uh, what I'm about to say is this is more than about betting. This is about the the state of the competition in NASCAR, like. I've reiterated this several times in, in other situations and um, primarily with the truck series and the Xfinity series, because the trucks were, ne were neglected heavily at Martinsville earlier this year in that race. And it's almost like we forget there's a, a championship at stake, that there's millions of dollars at stake, that there's potentially careers at stake in this spot. And for NASCAR, when the rains came, for NASCAR to just shut everything down as quickly as they did, which as quick as they set up their victory, their makeshift victory lane in the media center or whatever, as soon as rain touched the track, they knew they were not restarting this race. And to me, that's disgusting and disgraceful. And I, I, that's not something I'm going to take back. I mean that because 
this is a competition with all these variables on the line. And there's not even a single bit of effort to see if the radar changes. And it did. That's what makes me even more mad is because I even said it on the stream. I was like, I know I'm just going to look at this later tonight. And the radar is going to be completely cleared out when NBC and all the meteorologists and everybody on Twitter is saying that this rain's going to be here the whole night. And guess what? No one's a, a perfect meteorologist. No one can ever perfectly predict the weather. And I've seen plenty of races sitting in my house with my dad growing up watching a, a cup race or an Xfinity race at two in the morning because they waited on rain. Now, yeah, some of those situations may have been because they didn't get to the halfway point. But to me, like, it's not just about the halfway point. It's about effort to get the full race in. And there is a zero on the efforts. A zero, on a 10 rated scale, there was a fucking zero on the effort scale on getting this race in. Zero. There was no effort at all. And that is what frustrates me so badly as a fan. And I've seen all these different things like, oh, well, there may have been a curfew. And if it's a curfew, then whatever. Like, I don't know anything about that. I have no knowledge of that. Some people are like, oh, it's about TV. Like if if we get back on TV at USA at one in the morning and uh, there's a hundred or two hundred thousand people watching, it hurts TV ratings. I get it, money talks, but it's fucking horseshit. There is a championship at stake. There's money at stake, like invested money at stake with these race teams, and there's careers at stake. And we're if we're just worried about TV money. I just can't stand that. I cannot stand that. If we're worried about, I don't know what other variables. I saw so many. Uh, Look, I, I know I, exactly I where asked. you're going, and I, and I know I know where this where this is going. And I think what this leads to mainly, and what we really have to swallow at this point, is all of the things that you just talked about. All the factors of like you know the competition, you know, focusing on what matters, the championship on the line. You take the facts for what they are right now, and you look at the the people that are making the decisions, the board, it, it is very clear from a move like this, and not saying that in its entirety, but maybe in that moment, for sure, factually, competition was probably not the first priority, and you gave a list of reasons as to why that wouldn't be because most people out there online are going to either defend or shit on and that's that's the only two ways it goes but what this really does show and i think what it's shown in some of the events that we have seen over the past couple years is that we have driven away from that priority competitiveness like the the priority of the competition being the first thing that matters and now it's more about, yes, the the networks, the money, the entertainment factor, all of those things have kind of taken, it, it appears that they have taken the, the first place, the priority in NASCAR as a whole. And so that makes it easy to understand, hard to swallow. But when you just look at it from, you know, point of view, straight up, like getting down to the, the the absolute core of the situation, that's what it roots to. Because you don't see people staying up till two a.m. anymore to watch races. Like that that is how you know that an organization is focused on competition and that it matters. And whether you got to flip on the radio or go to a fucking public broadcast channel or however else they're going to get that race to you, 
even if it's off of a fucking uh, the network it's supposed to be on, you know, they'll find a backup or a place for it to be. But it's like you, you don't even worry about that because you're worried about the legitimacy of the actual competition, letting it play throughout to a championship. So it's just trying to get back to that. That's where we've got to get as a whole, as, as NASCAR, the, the actual sport. It just has yeah, to and, its way back. And it's not me. I don't consider this me shitting on NASCAR. I consider this me caring as a fucking lifelong race fan. Constructive criticism. So yeah, and and I look, it, it it like you said, it's a hard pill to swallow, and it is what it is. There's nothing, you know. It's easy to believe there's nothing we can do about it because money talks. And if it's really about TV, you know that then that just fucking sucks because if we keep having these situations where we're in, you know, like I said, I think they they handle the cup race well. You know, with all the rain there, uh, shortening the race, twenty five laps, whatever, was a good move. Uh, to make sure we got a finish in at Chicago. Hate how they handled Xfinity. But those were some different circumstances that were, as they kind of said, unforeseen. But in this case, like, I, I just, it's the second or third time this year something like this has happened where just no effort, zero effort to even try. Like, if it rains the rest of the night, fine. But why can't we wait 30 minutes? Why can't we wait an hour? And I went back and looked at the radar last night at 11.15, Eastern time, the rain looks like it was completely out of the area of Atlanta Motor Speedway when they were saying it was going to rain the entire night. 11.15 was like an hour and a half after they called the race. That's not that long to wait. And then what? It's going to take 30, 60 minutes to drive the track. Yeah, I get it. Midnight start, 1 a.m. start, fine. I, I, I just, as a born race fan... I will watch this series in this sport at any time it is on because I love it. I'm literally been passionate about it my whole life. And I know there's a lot of race fans that would agree. And I think we're just doing this or making these decisions to not put any effort in trying for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. And I'm, I, I literally said on Twitter, somebody, Who's smarter than me? Please fucking educate me on why my opinion is wrong regarding the dancing, dancing under caution, waiting for the rain to get there. And then this situation as well, where there's just no effort and even there's no intentions of even getting the full race in like that is what discourages me so badly. But I digress. You know, it's it's a negative topic and uh, it's good to talk about, though. I mean, I it is important, like, right? It is. Yeah. But I think it's, you know, you it, it's all said and done. There's, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it at this point. Like, it's over with. I, I got my rage out. And um, that's you know. what I was going to say to you, actually, is like, you know, you know that you're a NASCAR fan when you're sitting there, like looking up like local weather in an area so that you can do your own due diligence to figure out if the weather is really going to be bad or not, knowing that you have no control, whether that starts up or does it like that. Yeah. Like it's already over with. And I'm <laughs> sitting here looking at the, I'm, I literally stayed up all night last night, monitoring the radar. You're putting Cause I wanted to know. I want yeah. and, and fucking karma, man, like irony. They're like, Oh, this race, and NBC, like I said, NBC and Twitter are all blowing it up like this rain's going to get here and it's never going to fucking leave. It's going to be a hurricane flooding like Noah's Ark. You think they're fed then, that like in an earpiece? 
Like, I don't know. They could be because <laughs> it made it it made it more dramatic. And and the I yep. think and definitely part of the reason why the race was so good was because of the looming uncertainty, you know, or I guess in this case, the looming certainty of rain getting there. And everybody's like, we got to go. It's time to go right now. So everybody was racing 100 percent. You know, at all times, the whole time. It's like, which man, is like, that's I guess the racing one, was so good. Like, right, yeah. right. I definitely think it was because if you go watch the Atlanta race in the spring, it was, it was just a train Every around the track, kind of. Yeah, you know, like, so it definitely, you know, there's your pros and your cons. It made the race really exciting, you know, for the duration that it was. Oh, you know, every and driver the is coming yeah. every week, but I, I the con is long term to me the con is is more worrisome because zero zero effort to even see if the radar would open up you know that's what bothers me it's like we can't wait 30 minutes and just see if i mean how many times in your life chase and anybody listening were you let's just say you were going to go like play golf or you had like a football game or you're going out on a boat or something and it's supposed to rain the whole day and you're like damn that sucks maybe it'll change and then it rains for like an hour or 30 minutes or it doesn't rain at all. And you're like, holy shit, it's sunny. Like, I feel like that's happened so many times in my life where Tons. Tons. The, ra- the the no one can can predict the weather perfectly. Mm. Nobody can. So why can we not just sit there and just see if it changes, see if it breaks up? Shit happens. And it happened. The shit broke up. But I, I also do, you know, I'll end it here by saying I understand people saying like 1 a.m. is too late. Like. But it needs to be uh, it's just so frustrating. I hate the I hate the the comments that are like, oh, because nobody wants to. Well, tough shit. Like if you it, it's just like any job, like 20 million people. <laughs> right. Like 20 people, million, 20 million people in America don't want to go to work every single day. Yeah. But that's what they signed up for. If you work in the NASCAR industry and guess what? Teams. Maybe got to book a hotel for another night or gotta pay more travel shit. expenses. That's the shit we all you all signed up for. So I don't I don't want to hear the nobody wants to. That's a terrible excuse. You know the TV thing. Better excuse, still not good. I don't know what some to me, and this is just how I think. Like, what would be a right reason in my mind to say we don't we're putting zero percent effort to restart this race? I don't know. <laughs> Because I want every sight. race to finish. I want every race to finish. Like it's losing sight of what what it means to do it in the first place. It's it's like when you look at a when you think about a World Series or you think about a Super Bowl. You know, like the, these teams, they're going out there and they're they're working their ass off week in and week out for a chance to get to that one place. And you know, things are rescheduled. Things are gotten in. You know, all the way through, and it's such a different landscape with with racing. You know, compared to ball sports, but you want to see it in the same light. You want to you want to find that common ground and be able to compare it. And I think that really, for me at least, on the outside looking in of it all, as a fan and as somebody that really genuinely just cares about the sport and and loves it, it's almost like that's you saying that our championship, our end goal here is just nothing it's just it's just another day it's another thing it's not as special it's not as important and that's the bullshit and that's the lie that you're feeding yourself whenever you're so focused on numbers and the money and everything else that that comes along with it it's just about direction 
And, and like I said, I go back to it. When your priority is competition, when your priority is literally doing what you're out there to do, you're going to have a better product 100% of the time than worried about other shit on the side that is come and go. So it's like, get back to that route, get back to the soul of why you're out there racing in the first place, why NASCAR exists in the first place. It's just getting the right types of mentality uh, that really cares about what racing really is, I guess. And maybe I'm, and I'll also acknowledge, like, maybe I'm just too passionate to the point where I'm fucking wrong in this case. We're like, hesitant, passionate. I'll say that we could, you know, is it, is it crazy to say, like, I feel like, NASCAR is setting a precedent. First of all, I mean, the zero effort, I, I don't think is a bad opinion. I think it is horseshit that there is no effort, even if it was late. But is it is it crazy to say that they just didn't give a fuck about maybe the 200 to 400,000 people that, that would watch, you know, up until two or three in the morning? And maybe more, maybe more than that. That's just a guess of where I would say uh, on the low end. Well, but think, like, about it. think about this real quick. When you have an entire fan base where they're constantly shitting on something but they come back and they keep coming back like do, do you do you ever think that like they you would want to do better or do you think that it just gets to a point to where you're like okay it's just it is what it is like they're the fans are here they're not here whatever they're gonna say a lot of shit okay move on move forward like it's easy to slip into that right if you're on that side of the shoe i guess this is like you don't yeah. like see it for what it really is it's like these are people that really care about the foundation of fucking NASCAR as an organization of the rate. Like they, there's something that brought them there. And it's like, just, just do everything you can to, to put it in the same light as the NFL, the MLB, the NBA. It, I just, I'll keep coming back to it, man. It's like, you look at every other league, it's about competition. The competition matters. Everything else falls into place the way it's supposed to. So don't get your priorities fucked up. I guess that's just real, where I'm at. Yeah, with but you're right. You're right. What you said with what you said earlier, that competition is not the number one priority here. That's what it, I think has been made clear, right? Like, I feel like it's something that I haven't even seen. I haven't really even thought about it until we got on the mic and started talking about it right now. And, and this is just really just free flowing shit out of me. Like I, yeah. I, I'm realizing here's, it and it's like, damn, you know, here's the thing. And I, this is like I, I said at the beginning, like this is something I've kind of bitched about several times this year because, and now we're at a point we've seen it in all three series, the truck race at Martinsville. I mean, just, ridiculous red flag race is over in 10 minutes it was all about just getting getting everybody out of there um xfinity race at chicago nascar is saying that i mean like they're 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 just constantly letting us know i can't i don't know why i can't think of the right term here but they're they're pushing that they could race on monday if they needed to right they're saying monday is an option that's, that's I, I don't I don't believe them. I don't believe that Monday was actually an option that if you're not gonna run out the Xfinity race on that Saturday, right? Like I I, I Yeah, it's almost like the city you know, kind of like it, it it had this this impression that it was like the city's like trying to shut you up and force and you that, out. So you would think about yeah. it. We had this discussion, we talked about it. Like, do we is that even really a possibility now because of the teardown, because of them having to get everything back right for the city? Like we didn't we don't know the legalities of, of how all that shit stacked up. 
And it's that's kind of your mulligan, right? That's kind of the mulligan I'll give NASCAR because that was a weird situation, and I don't know how it was planned. I don't know like what you just said. Yeah, I don't know about the teardown deal, and it just seems like them saying we can race on Monday just seems not like that was completely false. Um, but but the truck race at Martinsville was sad, and this I think was even more sad on just just no intentions of getting this race in at a hundred percent. And I actually had, I'm not going to say who it was, but there was somebody at the track that sent me a video, a long video walking around when the fireworks were going off after the race was over. Mm -hmm. And it was literally like sprinkling. It was like sprinkling. And I mean, she, and this person was pissed. Like, why did we just end this race this quickly? I mean, and it's a fan. It wasn't someone like in the industry, but it was someone that was there. And it was like, why did we just end this like this quickly? It's like not even raining that hard. What are we doing? I I just, it's just so bizarre, you know, and it bothers the shit out of me. Also, like we talk about TV, like, yeah, the ratings is one conversation, but the other conversation is like, did USA say, no, we don't want to, leave this slot open all night like what 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 comes on usa that's more important law and order SVU. Reruns of wwe SVU. Fucking slam like okay law and order yeah SVU came on because we had si <laughs> it's fuck who fuck gives you. a shit like reruns from 2002 yeah. that's what would take more priority that that's another thing that's just god damn it i'm getting so frustrated by this and it's like so I restart the anger. It's like I, I I feel that way. I feel like I feel it in myself right now because it's like, man, the more you talk about it, the more it's just like, oh, shit, like this is real. As a fan, yeah. it just seems like the intent to get the race in at 100% was never an option once there was like uncertainties in the radar. That's how I feel. Someone I f- tell me I'm wrong. I see things way more clear now. Like I, I, I feel like the Jeff Gordon Matrix T-shirt. Like I feel like I've, I've broken the code, dude. Yeah, I, I think that that we're finally there with it. Look, we, we've said a lot of shit about this, and I feel like everything we've said was right. I'll stand by what I say because that's my opinions, and I'm entitled to it. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm right. I, I just, this is just me being, you know. Yeah, we're uh, like factually, like like as a whole, you know, I'm like a psycho. Know everybody's stories. We don't know what was going on in control and all that. Yeah, shit. I'm like a psycho Dale Jr. That. fan that tries to rationalize everything <laughs> involving Chase his career. Elliott, yeah, or yeah, Chase Elliott fans are kind of like that too. But no, I, I, in all though, the racing was excellent. You know, William Byron, I've talked about after a couple of his wins, like Darlington. The guy is having one of those seasons where it's not just all skill. It's not just all great race cars. It's also being at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And another example of being at the right place at the right time with all these crazy circumstances, he comes up there after going a lap down from an early spin also, and he just pops up right place at the right time. Everybody else basically has a pit, get fuel, and he's there and he, he steals the win away. Pretty crazy. It is, man. When you really like, I don't know if this works for you or not anymore, but like, or if you've really just taken the time to just like soak this in, but there's still something that feels good, you know, growing up as, as a guy that did like Jeff Gordon, like just 
the 24 is having a good year and, and it's good to see the 24 kind of back get, getting kind of that light right now. You know what I mean? Like I, I will say that much, Like it'll never, it'll never well, be the same, for, but yeah, for me, I just, it's, I'm kind of numb to it, you know, because it's, it's not, it's just not, it's just not the same. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. You know, I know it's a cliche, but yeah, no, it is it's good. I like legendary numbers. I like the twenty four, the forty three, the three. Yeah, I mean, it can and I like you. I like William Byron too. You know, Willie B's cool dude, cool it's cool the, dude. And regardless who would ever be in that car, I mean, that's just the that's just the that that's sports, man. I mean, that's like I love the the Saints logo. It's like whoever's wearing it out there on the field, is like, like that that's great. It's just about it's about the the aura of the team and the aura of the vibe. I don't know. It's just cool to see that, but yeah, they're working their asses off over there, and they're they're using strategy, and they're they're making good moves, man. They're making good stuff. So that is a good silver lining right there. Four wins, most wins uh, so far in the twenty twenty three season by one NASCAR Cup Series driver. So shout out to uh, to, to Willie B and the Hendrick twenty four team for making. Ford has got to be just so disappointed they didn't get that win. That's another thing too that we we got to bring up. I mean, it's just like. We we spent a lot of time just dissecting like the the whole uh, the rain out thing and, and what's really happening in race control and NASCAR as a whole. But it, the the race was good, and regardless of what made it good, it was good. It was fun to watch. Like you said, we were screaming on playback. Like I haven't been that edge of my seat. I don't think at an Atlanta race ever because I think the first Atlanta race that we actually went to was in the old configuration, and I'm not ashamed to say that I took a nap during that race yeah it was like 800 degrees yeah oh, yeah that that was uh kurt bush won that race that was a kurt kurt versus kyle race have you checked out dailydownforce.com yet if you haven't i want you to go right now to dailydownforce.com and get yourself some official garage guys merch if you consider yourself a true loyal garage fam member then you're gonna need to show it off to the world you can buy yourself a Garage Guys rope hat, a Garage Guys trucker hat, an official Garage Guys t-shirt. And if you remember NASCAT from Auto Club, you can show how much you care by supporting NASCAR's Harambe, NASCAT. You can find betting articles each week from Dale Tanhart and NASCAR Titan Greg Mathern. It's got everything you need. DailyDownForce.com. Now back to the podcast. It was a good race. Ross Chastain had his first little uh yeah little... the block yeah me too yeah. you know I will say yeah more positives I've been critical of this configuration like kind of sad like I talk about don't need to oversaturate over a super speedway racing because we're gonna make it way less cool in a short period of time it's already kind of going that way because of the uh just the wrecks and everything clash left Daytona etc but this was like uh this was like a, a a jolt back in the a jolt of electricity in the right direction with how exciting the racing was here and you know dale jr mentioned this i don't know i don't remember if you mentioned in the cup broadcast or the xfinity broadcast but it seems like this track has aged quickly to a point where it kind of races like a or like a, like a beat up Daytona, or is at least in that trajectory to race like a beat up Daytona, like a worn out Daytona surface, which is good. I think it's good if it's like that because it's not 
super choked up or choked out race cars or choked out engines just packed up choked out track every That's single it. year uh if the track wears out some we're kind of looking like a early mid-2000s daytona and and it this race kind of reminded me of that handling is a problem cars could get pretty spread out they weren't they could also race in the pack you know so and there was a lot of passing. You could go from the back to the front, like Brad Keselowski. Chris after all those, after all the, yeah, Bell was crazy. Truex, Truex, yeah. same deal, dude. Truex was flying at one point. So um, watch, dude. So I was gonna say Brad was like the highest running guy, I think, from everybody that had to pit and get fuel before you know that, or, or when the stage ended, he rebounded all the way up to sixth, and it was really fun watching him carve his way through the field to get back into that spot. So, you know, all in all, it was a good race. It was exciting. Just really frustrated with the variables. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to blame NASCAR as much as I'm just going to say, fuck rain, fuck mother nature. I hate you so much right now. Please do not rain in New Hampshire, please. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a foggy area, but we're going to keep it not foggy. And yeah, I guess my last thing that I want to say about all of this is I, I want to challenge everybody to, to whenever you're mad at NASCAR, don't blame NASCAR. There's people. It's just people. NASCAR is, is something that is not technically a person. NASCAR is the thing that we love and it embodies everything that they have. J just realize that we're talking about people that make decisions that happened to, to work for that organization. So don't blame NASCAR, blame people. Uh, and that's where I'll leave it. And rain, just, just and rain very much. Try to, you know, be critical, you know, like you said, constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. And I know I've, I've probably gone off the rails, not necessarily in this pod, but in other conversations as well, especially on playback when I erupted and rage quit the, the stream. But just blame the weather. Blame rain. Maybe Darrell Waltrip was right about the vortex theory. After all these years, we've had these stage breaks that stop everything, and then the rain comes. And uh, just look up the vortex theory. We've had more rain and more shitty weather this year than I, I've ever, ever seen in 20, 23 and a half cognitive years of watching NASCAR. It's insane. Blame the rain. Blame climate change. Uh, go buy a hybrid or go buy a Toyota Prius. Meteorologists are just people that get Tesla talk in front of green screens. Yes, 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 yes. Dude, there's a uh, there's a curb your enthusiasm episode uh, after this. I'll move on, but I, I was thinking about this weather situation like that weather guy who's good. The race weather guy on Twitter is like, Yeah, once this rain gets here, it's not fucking leaving. Well, uh, incorrect. An hour later was gone for about five hours, but to be the race weather guys now, Dale. There is a curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm just gonna make a. I'm just gonna make one. I'm just gonna make one. Copy his name and just be like, no, just start just doing the lie weather. about the weather. Just I'll lie do the about weather it. on the report. Come, come, be the official weatherman of the Garage Guys report, Dale. You get like a yeah, you get like a green screen of a cloud and a sun, and I'm just like, or not a sun, dude, just you a cloud, and I'm like stabbing it the whole time. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, dude. It's Eric Andre style. Made up. Yeah, exactly. It, it, meteorologist is a, is a made up position in life. It's just you just get a degree and then you get paid to to talk about fairy tales, dude.
Yeah, but this there's this curb enthusiasm episode where the weatherman Larry Davis just trying to play golf, and the weatherman says it's gonna rain the whole day or whatever, and then he goes outside the next day and it's sunny all day. So Larry drives to the golf course and goes and finds him on like the fifth hole, and the whole golf course is empty except for the weatherman, and he accuses him of giving a fucked up or a bad weather report just to clear out the golf course so he can have it for himself. And I, I don't know. It's not super relevant to this, but I, it made me think about it when I'm th- when I'm hearing the broadcast and seeing Twitter just constantly be like, this rain's going to kill everybody. The night's done. We're all going to die. There's no way we can go back racing. And then, you know, two, uh, an hour and a half later, there's no rain. Like, I don't know. That's a great episode. I think the episode is called The Weatherman. Everything that Larry David does is just, he's always trying to do something, bro. Like, he's just yeah. always trying to do something, but he's just Larry David. There's only one Larry David, dude. Like, no, it's, it's fucking great. No, it all makes sense. If, uh, if, if a meteorologist is just a, a person that sits on a rock and just puts their finger to the sky and decides what happens, is, uh, is about as real as me putting a pen to paper, you know? So, uh, that made no fucking sense. Anyway, we, we've talked about this too long. So uh, let's move on now, though. You, you mentioned New Hampshire. We hope we don't get no rain in New Hampshire. A lot of lobsters in New Hampshire. They're definitely water, fishing boats, uh, Old Bay crab seasoning. All those things definitely exist in New Hampshire. Uh, taking a look at some odds right now on Caesars. Barstool Sportsbook is still kind of broke down, uh, but the uh, the – the odds can be found on certain books. And I think Dale has one of those books pulled up that are going to basically have the cut copy paste odds for Barstool when their site is back live. I'm looking over here. Yeah. It can be books. That's, that's right. I'm looking over here on Caesars. First thing I just see that kind of pops off to me and I want to hear from you and hear what the odds are for this guy on the book you're looking at, but Bubba Wallace at 30 to one, uh, looking back on what he did in practice and qualifying, like he had a pretty good car with a great setup here. Um, that DraftKings Toyota that he was driving, I'm, I'm sure one of the 2311 guys will be in the DraftKings Toyota. But Bubba he, is back in it. He was looking good, man, last year. And I feel like the, this is like some of this short track. Like there's a few short tracks where he, he really can stunt and shine. And um, so I do like the 30 to one. I think I'm going to go ahead and probably look to maybe pull the trigger, sprinkle a little something on that. Cause I don't think it gets any better. What do you got? Yeah. on 28 to one here on Bubba. I'm not sure how I feel like, I don't know if I need to go back and rewatch that race. Cause I, I have a, I don't remember him being a contender, but then I, I looked at the racing reference. I was like, Oh shit, he finished third. So uh, usually I have a pretty good memory of most of these races. Uh, New Hampshire, I don't. I remember Chase Elliott was really good. And then, uh, of course, Christopher Bell was was great. Uh, Truex was really good. I remember the big thing I remember about this race is Truex dominated. I had the, the 401k on him. He pitted and got in traffic and just started complaining and, and just couldn't pass anybody while everybody else could still pass. So that's a big highlight I remember from this race. But I need to go back and rewatch it, which I usually do on Tuesdays. I go back and rewatch the prior race even if i do remember uh so i will do that and find out more information you you were home that week i was coming back from formula drift 
that week. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I definitely was. Home. I don't know where I watched the race from. I remember um, watching the race on my phone, like pulling over and stopping to go eat somewhere, and like watching it on my phone, then like driving and having it on the dash because I remember towards the end it got to where like I was like in my uh, every uh, world against Chris Bell uh, era at that time. I was like, no, no C-Bell energy over here. So, like, I was just watching to make sure that, you know, or to I, – I knew deep down he was probably going to win it. But, yeah, th this is just one of those tracks where everything got spread out, but it was like a chase between C-Bell and Chase Elliott. It was down to them. They were battling it out. Oh, so I think I think what happened was the strategy cycles got switched up or something where some guys stayed out and then – some guys took two tires, and I think Bell and Elliott were those two guys, the the best of the guys that pitted and, and worked their way up in the last 70, 80 laps or so. That's kind of coming back to me. I think I remember Bell and Elliott were going at it, have, like, yeah. had a great battle, and then Bell prevailed. Um, it was so fun to watch. I wish I would have been watching it on a bigger screen, but I remember because I made the video immediately after he won. I was like, I'm not upset. He Chris Bell won. Good for him. I didn't bet on him. Won't do it. And now I'm sitting here. I can't wait to uh, to get some money on him. And then the next thing I know, he's the fucking favorite to win. But rightly so. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a New Hampshire god. His resume here is unbelievable. And I've bet on him in this race two years in a row. I was sad in 2021 because he got beat by Almirola. But I don't even. Odds looking for him on the Camby books. So yeah, he's plus 650. I think. Um, Better than Caesars. At yeah, that's not. That's not a terrible price, but I'll tell I'll give you two guys I'm gonna look at here. Maybe three. Fuck, maybe four. Exactly. See, this is Hold the trap right. we fall into every but time. Here, but here's why I think my reasoning is okay. So Kyle Larson is number one at nine to one. Kyle Larson in this package, we do have this wet weather package here this weekend. When we look at this package in particular, Richmond, Martinsville, North Wilkesboro. There's one guy that won all three of those races. Yeah. And his name is Kyle Larson. So I kind of like the nine to one that he's kind of being slept on here. Seems like this year, the short track package, Kyle Larson has owned everybody. And obviously North Wilkesboro, he just blew everyone away. He was good at Richmond, kind of caught, kind of got through there at the end. And Martinsville kind of popped up there at the end. Um, so I think you've got to take a look at Kyle Larson here for this one at nine to one. I think it's a really good price. Oh, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. And I don't, what is he on Caesars? You're looking at Caesars yeah, right now. Seven to one. So great price compared to what we got here on Caesars right now. And to your I, point, I, I told, I, I literally was having a conversation with a guy here locally the other day. And he was like, yeah, Kyle Larson should do good in Atlanta. I was like, I had to explain him. There's a new configuration. He was one of the old heads. He hasn't watched NASCAR in a long time. He's big into dirt racing. And I explained to him, I was like, I really do feel like Kyle's about to get back on a run, though, like when we get to Hampshire and Pocono and things like that. So you sparked my memory because I forgot about that for a minute. So that is important. So thank you for that. Nine to yeah, one. You're welcome. Like, next next up, um, Brad Keselowski, I've got my eye on. This is historically a really, really strong track for him. Another team that's been pretty good on this uh, on this package throughout the year. Pretty good everywhere, really. I mean, have been the pro I just can't say enough about how how much RFK has improved from 2022 to 2023. So Brad K at 20 to 1 on Caesars kind of has my eye 22 to up one. on a pull the, 22 to 1. There you go. I don't know if I'm going to 
pull that trigger yet. But we got to talk about SHR. We got to talk about SHR because Stuart Haas Racing, as slow as they've been collectively on the mile and a half, uh, they've been pretty fast. I mean, we saw the Eric Almirola, Chase Briscoe qualified really well at Atlanta. They've been pretty fast like at the super speedways. I like where it's going, Dale. But, you know, Almirola's sitting around 40 to 1, one here in 2021. He's one of those guys that's, you know, been good at this racetrack in particular since he joined SHR. Ryan Priest, 80 to 1. I don't, I'm just going to pull up Caesars on my phone. 80 to 1 on Canby. He's 60 to 1 here on Caesars. So you know, Ryan Priest, if look, if Ryan Priest isn't speed on pit road at Martinsville, maybe he wins that race. Dude, um, was- now Richmond, Richmond was a little bit different, but Kevin Harvick had speed at Richmond and Phoenix. You know, Phoenix you can throw in as something that's had or a track that has some sort of correlation. Uh, Chase Briscoe was also good at Phoenix, so I think when you look. Overall, just the shorter racetracks in 2023, Stuart Haas Racing has had a glimmer of hope, right? And that brings me to Chase Briscoe. At 125 to 1 here, Chase Briscoe is another guy that led a lot of laps at Martinsville. I think he finished 5th, 4th or 5th. You know, uh, was good at Phoenix, finished 7th. Richmond, I think he ran top 15. Hung around the top 10 a lot. That's good enough to warrant a small bet on Chase Briscoe, I think. When you look at the similar short tracks, he has been pretty solid. And I think I'm going to pull this up. I think in North Wilkesboro, he was really good. Um, North Wilkes. Fourth at North Wilkesboro. Fourth. No. And I do remember that now. He was passing cars at the end of that race where it was really tough to pass. So... That's the mean thing. in the corners, dude. He gets mean in the corners, and that's what separates these short track guys. Like, if they can get mean in the corner, dude, and that's what he does best. 125 to 1, I think. Yeah, the books are just saying, man, it's been a terrible year. He's probably 30th in points after getting, like, the greatest, largest penalty in the history of NASCAR. Crew chief change. Can't catch a break. Chase Briscoe, 125 to 1, I think is worth something because – Based off of what Stuart Haas Racing has done, not just in in the race itself, but in qualifying as well in these type of racetracks, don't be surprised if Chase Briscoe qualifies up in the top 10. Fuck, I mean, if he qualifies top 15 or top 20, you're not going to see that line again. It's going to be gone. I'm shocked that that line exists now. So like- I, 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 I see both sides, right? The, I, I get it to a certain degree. But also, there's plenty of reason to see why there is value. And I obviously, I've kind of gone over that. Yeah. I um, mean, him and Priest both are probably the two guys that I'm looking at. They've got Kevin Harvick priced at 10 to 1 for this one. And while, yeah, I do know Kevin's done it here and he could do it here again, I just feel like you brought Ryan Priest in for a reason. You've got Chase Briscoe showing you what he can do and what he's capable of at a track like Wilkesboro. So it's like, those are your guys. Like those are the guys that I'm looking at for SHR period. And I think that right now these are probably the best odds. Maybe not so much for Priest, depending on where he qualifies. But if he does what he did at Martinsville, that was one of the fattest payouts on qualifying I've ever gotten in my life. Like I, a part of me like is going to wait to see what those odds look like, and I may dip into that this weekend again because if this is a track where he can do something like that, then. 
He, I mean, you got to remember, he was running wheeling modifieds like at these tracks, man. Like that's what his specialty is. These short tracks, dude. So yeah, remember he, he may have he may have won Martinsville if he didn't get a pit road speeding penalty. I like that though. I like that a lot. Is there anything else that you're seeing that kind of like pops off right now that you might would suggest sprinkling something down? Like I. I, I'm. I think the Chase Briscoe at 100 to one is just fucking bizarre, dude. 125 to one on 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 Camby. On Camby, okay. So 101 on Caesars, 125 over there. I'm seeing Austin Dillon at 120. I don't even want to go there. I'm not doing that. I love you, 83, but no. Um, at- no, that's about it for me, man. I mean, I think everything else is priced pretty appropriately. Like, uh, you know, the Gibbs guys, Gibbs collectively over the past few years has been the best organization here when it comes to leading laps and securing victories. Um, so you, I'm, I'm looking at Truex at seven to one, Denny at eight to one, you know, Denny's good at really, really good at this style of racetrack. Mm-hmm. Truex led the most laps here last year. So I think you got to, I, I like, if I had to make early leans on just a collective groups or co- collective group of drivers, Got to consider the Gibbs guys. I think Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, and Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah. So I know that's kind of grouped fucked up, I guess. But, you know, that's a collective total of like seven to eight drivers I'm kind of got my eye on before we I'm get into you. the weekend at least. I'm with you. I have a, I have a very good feeling that you and I are going to be pretty aligned this week so that's that's a good way to start the week off a good confidence builder right there going into it not just for us but for everybody listening that does tell our picks you know to find those on action network uh but dude overall man i'm just gonna i'm shooting you straight this is this was a great conversation this was a great show um i hope everyone that's listening to this enjoyed this i it, it feels good really just kind of getting your thoughts and uh and your opinions that in these types of situations like just really being able to speak what you feel and uh super important to do that uh for everyone in any situation but yeah this has been a great i've enjoyed the fuck out of this episode and i can't wait to get betting uh in new hampshire this weekend yeah no it's it's been a good one especially because i've missed you know i missed the pod last week and i had a lot to say about svg um and everything that happened at chicago that was a huge weekend for the sport and we had a lot of momentum with how good the racing was at Atlanta too. And I, I think there are some positives to take away that we kind of covered. And, you know, the, the cons are based, the cons about this are based purely upon passion and, and how much I care, how much we care about, about this sport. So it is what it is. It's, it's over with it's happened now. Let's just hope that uh, we get more just continued better racing to end the 2023 season. And, one thing we didn't even talk about the NBC broadcast was great. Again, love the broadcast. There's very high energy excitement, uh, hell of a job by the NBC guys, just keeping you captivated and attached to what's happening. Um, I think they, they, they're doing an excellent job in their, in an early, what their third race of the year, third race weekend of the year. So but, like we've had it all year. It's like that, that's how good it is. Like yeah. I feel like it's just been what it is. So it's good. excited to see the the TV ratings too, as much as yeah, you know we talked earlier. Uh, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. I just hope the TV ratings are good. Since we went down this route of potentially saying TV matters more than finishing finishing the race. So yeah. what do y'all think? 
I mean, that, that's really what this boils down to. You guys are the ones listening to this right now. We want to know what y'all think. Hit us up on Twitter, you know, to follow me at Garage Guy Chase. You can find Dale at Dale Tanhart literally everywhere. On I literally have asked people to tell me why I'm stupid. And I, I'm not even <laughs> going to be a dick to people that, that say you're an idiot because questions. of this. Yeah. I'm tell not gonna, even going to be a dick to people about this. I want you to tell me why I'm dumb and thinking the way that I think. I'm totally open for it because I'm very, you know, I, I, I think accountability is very important. I will be accountable if I'm just flat out blatantly wrong about something. You know what I mean? Also, <laughs> one thing I didn't mention, this is the last thing I'll say before you end this. Uh, me and my roommate were going out to fix my AC about an hour and a half ago, and I slipped and fell through the roof. So that was cool. How the fuck did you do that? You don't have like planks, like that? yeah, yes. I, I I slipped on the plank, and my left foot went through the floor, which oh, was a big piece of plywood. Yeah, so it it went through, dude. I, I tweeted it. I I basically asked. I was like, yeah. "How do you think I fell?" I was like, "A because I'm overweight. B because." What was, what did I put? B was uh B because oh, I slipped. Oh, bro, I'm looking C, at it, right. because I stepped on a spot I should have never stepped on, or D all the above. Yeah, it looks like you just like like I it, slipped. That's one of those just like boot things, like mindlessly stepping in insulation. That's what it looks like from the photo. No, so there's would... a there it honestly, if you didn't know and you went up there and you saw the spot you would think you could stand on it because it looks like a big piece of wood, right? So that you have the planks that you can walk across and then underneath in a couple sections, there's just like, it just looks like wood. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just stepped, slipped left foot, went right through there. And um, it's like the scene in Jumanji when like um, the quicksand thing happens and his feet are like hanging through. Yeah. Like I wish Somebody was down there to just like get a picture of my leg sticking through the sticking through the hole. Oh, I kind of like Pineapple Express when he sticks, he kicks the windshield open and his foot's just sitting outside the windshield while he's driving. Like that had to be painful. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it kind of hurt. But uh, no, I'm talking about like putting your foot through glass. I, I don't, I don't. I'm, I, I hope it didn't hurt you too bad through the ceiling. I feel like it would probably be. It's like sheetrock, you know. Like, but it's the jolt of it, right? Like, it's just like the catching you off guard of like you're 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 thinking you're about to step on ground and then there's no ground. It's like that's the moment you shit yourself. But like I said, I didn't just like go straight for that spot to try to step on it. My left oh. foot fucking slipped and I landed right through it. And I the one thing that hurt was I hit like my hip on one of the planks like when i landed like it was a hard land and i was like god damn it i was just four bruise on you now yeah left leg just flowing in the wind of the garage so yeah it's real real fun stuff make sure you wash your leg if you got any of that pink insulation or i don't know what color it is but if you got insulation on you definitely go wash it it's got fiberglass in it yeah there's there's no insulation on this particular spot oh okay good well that's good well i'm glad you're okay um i I saw your tweet the photo that that's i i can only imagine what our uh good pal chris ross uh it's a hole yeah it's a hole is i feel like that's exactly what he would say oh hooters calendar the big thing is that the hooters calendar underneath it was unharmed by this situation good because it's on it's it's on the the one lone hooters girl from louisiana this month uh she also went to my high school shout out to her 
So yeah, that's oh cool. cool. Hell yeah, good. Very cool. Proud. Um, but yeah, right, well, I'm, I'm done talking now. Me I'm too. done talking. Uh, we'll we'll see you guys later. Let's we we going bag. Don't miss Dale Center. Check out the Garage Guys report. Motorsports news for you. And don't forget that we'll be back after practice and qualifying to talk to you about what to do in the situation of trying to get them NAS bags. This has been the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>